Segabits presents Sega Talk, a podcast talking all things with your hosts, George and Barry. Look, it's a giant talking egg. I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the master here. So what's Hello and welcome back to Sega Talk. I'm Barry. With me is George. Hello, everybody. And you might be wondering, what is Sega Talk? Well, uh, I guess you could consider this season two of Sega Talk. We've done about a dozen episodes. Um, it's already in the can, so let's consider that season one. We took a we took a break, and now we're back. And you can find those episodes. They are on iTunes. They are on. Um, you just have to search Sega Talk. They're also on YouTube. You just have to search Sega Talk or the Sega Bits YouTube channel, which has a handy dandy playlist. And, of course, you can subscribe both to iTunes, you can subscribe to us on YouTube, you can leave reviews, comments, suggestions. We're always happy to hear what people think of the show and um, what kind of games you want us to cover. But uh, that, I guess that's the intro. And so now we're going to be talking about the, uh, the main course. So, George, what game are we talking about? Virtual Fighter. Oh, Virtual Fighter. I've never heard Virtu- of this game. With an L. With an L. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, no, Virtua Fighter. And I mean, if if you haven't heard of this game, then I I don't know why you click play. No, I'm just kidding. Um, it's God. You know, it's 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 kind of like to me, it's it's just as synonymous with Sega as Sonic the Hedgehog is. Really, it's just it's such a classic uh, fighting game. It's such a classic franchise, and it's such a small franchise for how long it's been around. Um, But we're going to be talking about the very first entry, the arcade version of the game. And in the end of this episode, we'll be talking about the ports. So if you're a big fan of the 32X or Saturn, stick around. We we will talk about those. Uh, So Virtua Fighter, it is basically the grandfather of all 3D fighting games, developed by Sega AM2 and released in arcades in October 1993. The game tried to focus on simplicity and controls compared to the massively popular Street Fighter 2. The game used only three buttons for punching, kicking, and guarding. So the first question we're going to pose to ourselves and discuss is what is our opinion on Virtua Fighter and do we think it has aged well? George. Um, it's funny because I feel like the Virtua Fighter is one of those franchises that really built on itself. like. Oh, this is the basic concept that we have, and then two really expanded on it. Like two is a huge, massive leap, and it's. I think this is a lot with uh, Sega arcade games. We did one on House of the Dead, and then we kind of talked a lot about how House of the Dead Two did a lot better mm-hmm. and did a lot everything a lot better. And I feel like Virtual Fighter is the same thing. The only thing I've noticed is that the aesthetics of this game seem to have. I guess we're going to talk about this later, but it has aged probably the best because they use it a lot on merch. I still think the game is really, really incredible for its time. It came out in 1993. That's re- that's like crazy, and yeah. the, it looks really good in motion. While the graphics and the polygons might have aged because they're low polygon, I and the jumping. I think the jumping is the worst thing. I think that throws everybody off. But outside of the jumping, I think it looks great, and I think it's uh, really captured what they were trying to do with Virtual Fighter. Anybody could sit down and play it and have fun. Mm-hmm. You could figure out when to block. It was more about mind games, I would say. Like you have to like learn your pers- the tendencies of the other person. It was so simplified that it was only kind of like rock, paper, scissors. But that's 
what I got out of it when I played it. What about you, Barry? Well, I mean, every single time we talk about Sega AM2, I always bring up the fact that they are pure game makers. When they make a game about driving a car, it is the ultimate driving the car game. It's not like they build some deep lore and they're like, your name is Driver McGee and you are driving the ultimate ride. You know, it's like, they're just like, all right, you're in a car, go. <laughs> and yeah. in this game, this is like, you know, there's Virtua Cop. What are you? You shoot at things. You're a cop. Done. And so Virtua Fighter, it's just, it's the most pure, it's the purest fighting game and of course it's the grandfather of all 3D fighting games. So it's just, it's a, it's such a pure game. And, you know, anyone can play it. You could be a novice, you could be an expert, and it still is just, it is what it, it set out to be, and you can make it what you want, basically. Like, it could become, we have, you know, there's, there's people on Twitter who only talk about Virtua Fighter, and they share they share crazy moves and animated gifts and stuff. And then there's people, you know, who I guess I'd say like me, when when I first learned about Virtua Fighter, I was not good at fighting games. And I still am not good at them, but I love playing Virtua Fighter. And yeah. I, I guess it's just a testament, you know, like I'm afraid of some fighting games. I'm not going to pick up, um, someday I'll pick up the new Dragon Ball game, but I'm not going to pick it up uh, and be an expert at it. If anything, I'm gonna lose a bunch at it and then be like, man, why did I buy this? I suck at fighting games. Yeah, and one of the reasons that I think it was so simplistic is because compared to like Street Fighter 2, Street Fighter 2 had a lot of like uh, hard inputs. I wouldn't say they're hard, but hard for somebody that never played before. Like to do a DP, you have to literally, it says do a Z. Like you have mm. to do like a Z move on the joystick. But I mean, it's not really a Z, it's kind of like forward and then yeah. half circle. But those kind of moves, those, those are hard for a lot of new people. Like, uh, Virtual Fighter didn't have that. It was basically you could combine two buttons, do stuff, and then, yeah. So it was very, very much simplistic. You don't yeah. have to learn the half circles and time. <laughs> the timing was pretty, it adapted to you. You could do a combo slowly. You could do a combo faster. Depends what you wanted to do. Right, yeah. And it's, it's just, it's a very intuitive game. And I, I think back sometimes to, you know, like, you know, you play a platformer and you start to get into the game and then all of a sudden the main character talks to you and goes, all right, we're gonna wanna jump over that wall. When you get over there, hold down the L trigger and then press the B button and it just takes you out because you're like, I'm not jumping, I'm getting a basically like a special code for jumping. You know, like yeah. if, if you're in, like if my mom sat down to play a video game, she wouldn't go, you know, what, what button combination do I do to get over that wall? She'd just say, how do I jump? And in Virtua Fighter, there's a button. You're the, you know, you, you push up on the joystick, and yeah. there's a button for punch, and there's a button for guard. And there are com button combinations, but it's not like you're memorizing uh, Game Genie codes, and it's like, oh, if you want to shoot a fireball, what you do is you do back front, back front, up down. And I'm like, what? why? That doesn't make sense. Like, if you're a fighting game guy, of course you're gonna roll my your eyes at me for saying that, but in Virtua Fighter, it, it encourages uh, learning the game on your own and, and figuring out that, well, intuitively, if I push down and punch, I'm going to punch lower. And it works. Yeah, and I was going to say, how do you <laughs> think it's aged? I think the first one, it's hard to say, because Sega is so good at sequels that I would say the second one is kind of the, like, the ultimate classic. 
Virtua Fighter yeah. game. Because when you play the first one, you're like, oh, this and this and this is missing, or this isn't refined. Um, a lot of people make fun of the floaty jumps, but I, th I think it has aged very well. Like you were saying with the graphic style, it's, it's this like, that sort of aesthetic has really come back now and people are like, oh, we're making an indie game that looks just like, you know, a game from 1993 and people love it now. Someone, uh, someone described it, I did a game room tour and they, I was showing off those figures you were talking about that look like the in-game graphics that they did. And they said, yeah. I love the carved wood figures. And I said, no, that's the graphic style. And they said, oh, I know, but I love that carved wood aesthetic. They look like puppets or something. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because I, I agree with you. The aesthetics have probably been the ones that like aged really well. Like, I really like that figure. I have it too, and it's a really nice-looking figure. I think the thing, the reason that um, it's kind of... I, I don't think it's aged... I don't know if it's aged well, but it's like... One and two, it feels like it's an expansion of one. Like, they took mm. everything they learned from one. Because it came out so soon, right? It came out, like, the next year. Yeah. And then they redefined it. Or refined it. That's more of the word I'm looking for. If you think about it, that's how Street Fighter became what it was. Like, it was Street Fighter 2. Street Fighter 2 Turbo. And then it was, like, whatever, whatever edition. And then it, it, it was, like, Super Street Fighter 2. Like... They were working on that game for like four, like three, three years, four years, and they did a bunch of re-releases before they moved on to Alpha. Mm -hmm. And Virtual Fighter never got that. It got like a couple of updates, but like they just moved on right away to uh, Virtual Fighter Two. And I feel like Virtual Fighter Two and Virtual Fighter One are kind of like they took everything from one and obviously expanded it. And that's and then three was trying to go a totally different direction. Like they tried to add another button and stuff. But yeah, yeah, because I mean two. It was a much faster game. There were attacks from behind, if I remember. It also um, had, like, the polygons finally have uh, textures on them. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it... I, I, yeah, I would definitely agree with you there. You know, it's it's a much more refined version of the original. Um, and, you know, we're not going to touch on the sequels too much on this, but, you know, just to mention, I feel like 3 and 4 kind of get lost in the shuffle because... Five is so refined, and two and three, one and two are so kind of like retro that you get into those middle games, and you're kind of like, eh, I'd rather either play the old one that is kind of lovable, or the brand new one that looks really nice. Yeah, especially yeah. four and five, those feel like one and two kind of, you know, like four and then five, like five kind of, you know. Yeah. I, I'm going to get hate for this because I don't know the systems deep down and I know people that listen to this are going to be like, hey, actually, and they're going to list a bunch of stuff. That's just me coming from a normie aspect of it. And I think, too, you know, if someone's turned off by the fact that they're not actually getting a deep dive into the whole fighting game system here, I think it's a testament to the series that, you know, two guys like us who are, you know, I think you're, you're a bit more well-versed in fighting games than I am, but we can sit here and talk about Virtua Fighter and not... I, I would not do this show if it was this episode if it was dead or alive, or if it was yeah. um, if it was Street Fighter. I would be lost. I'd be I'd be bullshitting my way all the way through it. Um, uh, but but yeah, um, Virtual Fighter is a very simple game that anybody could enjoy, and I think that's why it got popular in Japan. I know it never really got as popular in America, but but in Japan, it was huge because of that aspect. Even a forty-year-old man could come in and play the game. Now you did say the game is simple, however. Believe it or not, Virtua Fighter does have a plot. And yeah. I'm just going to run through the game's plot very quickly here. Uh, to be honest, I didn't know the game really had a plot until, you know, this mat these materials came out. 
But uh, here we go. Try to try to wrap your head around this. So, once in the era of Showa, the defunct Japanese army invaded to approach Henry Puyi, the last emperor of the Chang Dynasty, in their effort to take advantages. However, they were defeated by the Imperial Guards. Are you sure this is Virtua Fighter? Who utilized the martial art called Hakyuku Ken. Haruken, is that what it is? Later yeah. on, the Japanese army was said to have plagiarized the mysterious Haku Hakyuku Ken to create the strongest infantrymen and based on this art, complemented the ultimate martial art. Approximately half a century has passed since then and now a young man named Akira Yuki, not to be confused with Yu Suzuki or or anyone, uh, journeys around the world to test his martial arts ability. The ultimate world fighting tournament is about to start, and all kinds of fighters from around the world, solely relying on one's physical strength, engage in a life-or-death tournament to determine the world's number one fighter. But behind the tournament, however, there exists an intrigue designed by an evil syndicate. What is this, like, Streets of Rage now? What's going on? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, George, what do you think of this game's plot? Um, the plot is very overly complex, and I I remember that some of the characters, like, I don't know, it's this weird, like, 80s movie kind of thing, where, like, one person could, like, finish off a dynasty or something with their fists, like, it's, you know when you watch those kung fu movies, and they're, like, fighting, and they're beating each other up, and then all of a sudden you're thinking to yourself, why don't they just get a gun and shoot these people? Like, yeah, you're good at kicking, but, like, this is kind of that idea you know like all oh, these people are really good at this martial arts skill that's super deadly so it's very influenced by 80s 70s 60s i don't know 60s but kung fu movies mm -hmm. as you could tell like the idea that they have a move that is very deadly and they taught it to other soldiers and now the japanese have the ultimate army like what yeah um and it's also very chinese uh driven which is kind of weird because i think yu Suzuki was really uh into Chinese movies and kung fu and that kind of thing, as you well, can he see. Sends, by... He sends Ryo Hazuki to China. Yeah, exactly for that yeah. reason, because he really liked kung fu movies, and you could tell this is probably his idea of a plot. Yeah. But did he, what do you think about the plot? I mean, I, I did not know about the plot. I mean, to be honest, I'm kind of reading it for the first time right now. At least uh, uh, this kind of take on it. I had no idea there was this whole like in ancient history this fighting style. Um, I was more aware of the comic book, the Virtua Fighter comic book that came out from Marvel in man, I, I don't know what year this is, but I want to say probably '94. And yeah, it's, or '95. '94 or '95. It's it's pretty bad. Yeah, '95. It's you know. They all live in Virtua City, according to the comic. They're all training together um, for this this you know event. But then Sarah's a spy and Jackie's a race car driver, which I guess is all correct. Um, but Kage Moru is a um, uh, like he's like avenging someone, and there's a secret organization. But they never get to the story. They say we'll see you in the game. And so if you read the comic. And then you played the game, you'd be like, all right, so where's this plot you're talking about? Because there aren't cutscenes in the game, really. No. No. It, like, arcade mode doesn't really have any story or ending cutscene that I remember. Mm -hmm. There wasn't any, right? Like, in Street Fighter 2, when you beat the game, it would say, like, Ryu is going going to go around the world and fight more people. And this person yeah. did this. This uh, is Zangief is a, a Russian guy, and now he's, the president of Russia is very happy. 
Yeah, this is very much a late 80s, early 90s kind of thing that Sega would do, where they would promote the storyline and print materials and, and all these things. But when you play the game, you don't get that experience. You just get the character starting on stage one. You know, Especially um, with uh, A and 2 games. Exactly, yeah. And even, I guess you could say with like stuff like Sonic the Hedgehog, you know, people would go... It, it was so... The story was so simple in the game, not even existing, that you could have different regions telling different stories. Like, I read the comic, and then we read this. It's two different stories, but the game could fit either narrative. And I, I like that about Virtua Fighter, because I don't think the game needs to be bogged down by cutscenes and plot. I just want to play a good game. Yeah, I and agree with you there. And I feel like a lot of fighting games, as the years go on, they get bogged down in this. Like, uh, Dead or Alive, I think, is a little too bogged down in its whole plot and, and universe. Um, which Are there any fighting games with really long cutscenes? Oh, dude. Blaze Blue and, like, the new Guilty Gear games. Like, I was playing the uh, Guilty Gear Zero 2, and I'm like, I'm going to play some of the storyline. I started going on, and I'm like, dude, is this cutscene 30 minutes? It was ridiculous. I swear, they have cutscenes that are like 30 minutes to an hour. It's like, really? Do I really need to know about these characters' motivations? And I know people love the storylines of these games. There's fans of them. To yeah. me, it's like, when I play a storyline, I kind of assume like they'll give you a little hint of the character, and then you fight, and then another little hint of a char the character progression, and then fight. Like, Dead or Alive, you said it was too much. Yeah. This game makes Dead or Alive look like the most basic plot. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, you know, there's. I, I prefer when a fighting game just kind of kicks off and it'll be like, I must avenge my father. Ready? Fight! And then it's yeah. like, if you win, he goes, Father, this one was for you. Du -du -du -du. You know, like, and then it goes yeah, on to the next one. Yeah, you could give a character story just with a few words or sentences between the before a fight and after a fight. Yeah. 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 And actually, a silly aside, um, if people want to listen to Chris Tang's interviews, he actually... Uh, when he was working for Capcom, he wrote some of those intro and outro taunts and things. It's kind of funny to hear his process for writing those, if you're interested in that. But um, So that's the Swing we'll Report show we did. Yeah, we'll link that in the description if you're listening to this. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the game itself, so moving on from the plot, there were nine selectable fighters, including Akira Yuki, Pai Chan, Lao Chan, Wolf Hawkfield, Jeffrey McWild, which sounds like a really good McDonald's <laughs> burger. Uh, it does. Ka Kage Maru, or is it Kage? Kage. Kage. Cage? And I, I would say, Ma I, I would always call it Maru in the end. Maru. Maru? There we go. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sarah Bryant, Jackie Bryant, and the boss, Dural. And there were other characters that never made the roster, including Siba, who's a 31-year-old bouncer from Saudi Arabia, who later debuted in Fighters Megamix. Uh, Jeffrey Buckman, a 32-year-old U.S. Marine, which had moves based on Jackie, and Takeru, a 22-year-old college student from Japan that uses karate. So my question is, which was your main character to play as, and why? Um, I actually played as Jackie because he was the guy with the spiky blonde hair. <laughs> I mean, there was no other reason, really. I was like, cool, this guy's blonde hair, spiky. Uh, his kicks are cool. They go mm -hmm. come out fast. Uh, oh yeah, I'm gonna play this guy. But I started playing it when it was um, 
I first played Virtual Fighter 2 and then I played 1 so I guess that kind of makes me biased because this character in 2 was totally different like this one didn't have any talking but when you played it in 2 he's like I'm faster than lightning and I was like oh yeah this guy's a this guy's super annoying I have to play this guy because I love playing annoying characters because when you beat somebody with an annoying character it just like you know twists it a little bit more right the the, the defeat mm. That's why yeah. I play Jackie. Who do you play? I like, I like, I, I didn't think that's the kind of fighter you were, but I really like that. Sometimes I will, when I was playing All-Stars Racing online, I would pick the worst racers. Like I'd pick, um, uh, what's her name from the GoDaddy ads? <laughs> and I would, oh, Danica Patrick. Danica Patrick, and I would kick people's ass in races, and they'd be like, oh, <laughs> why Danica? Um, but for me... For Virtua Fighter, I, I would say it's probably 50-50, either Sarah or Akira. I When I play fighting games, I like to pick either the most, like, the main character, because I assume they're the more balanced character. And I also like playing as the women, because it's kind of a, a stereotype in video games, but in my opinion, a, a positive one, that they're faster and they... they jump fat higher and they do all these like uh, Princess Peach can like levitate you know like why is it that the women always jump much better than the men but I just I'm so used to like I guess like Sonic games and speed that I like faster characters smaller it's also like that ones. it's also like that in Streets of Rage like the what's her name she's like yeah. faster but she has less health yeah yeah I play as her too a lot yeah Blaze mm -hmm. um, and then we have these three characters that never actually made it into the game um, what do you think about that? And I know we, I think we've seen other ones where it's like they were redesigns, like they were looking more like Tekken characters. Uh, we did a video right. on that on the news bits, but mm -hmm. w any of these characters, I, I would have loved to see Siba because I like the idea that a Saudi Arabian character, I like a mixture in fighting games. I think Street Fighter did it really well, and I think um, this game tried to do it, and I think it got better over the years where they try to mix mm -hmm. uh, different nationalities inside their game. So that's the only character I would have played. I mean, these other two characters to me, like Jeffrey Buckman and uh, <laughs> the other guy, Takuro, it's just yeah. another Japanese guy and another U.S. guy. Yeah, it's like a karate guy in G.I. Joe. Like, it's very clear that they were going for a lot of kind of, like, character tropes. But I I think it was wise of them to cut those two. But I do wish Siba or Siba was in the game because I do love his design. And he was actually probably the most... The closest to being in the game because if I'm remembering correctly the at least the US arcade machines he's on the machine itself like you see a picture of him yeah and he was also in a preview in magazines so some magazines mm -hmm. had him as a preview but yeah I don't know I I heard that uh, I, I read a story about this but like Yuzuzuki apparently stayed in like at Sega like he slept there for like <laughs> a week straight and when they showed up the game was totally different and he he was out of the game, and uh, they had Akira. He made Akira, so he's like, yeah, this is the main character now. It's like, okay, everybody in the team is just like, all right, Yuzuki, <laughs> I guess. And he's and they asked him why, and I think they said something about like he was really into that fighting style that he made Akira have. I forget it's a fighting style, but he was mm. really into it, so he decided to change the game. I don't know. Well, I, I'd hope that if we ever get a Virtua Fighter 6 that they put Siba in it, and maybe even Buckman and, and uh, Takeru just for fun. That would be pretty and, cool. And it's kind of funny that they were so ahead of their time with the Saudi Arabia characters because uh, Tekken 7 
uh, just this had one in the mm. new game, and Street Fighter Five had one in Street Fighter Five, and uh, King of Fighters fourteen is gonna have one as DLC char- as DLC a Saudi Arabian character. So oh, wow. it's like, oh, they're barely doing it now, but these guys had one way back in the '90s, in the early '90s. Yeah, and he was only ever in Mega Mix, really. <laughs> yeah. um, so, uh, Virtua Fighter was designed by Yu Suzuki, and I apologize if I butcher his name. This is a hard name. Seichi Ishii. Yeah, lots okay. of eyes. Uh, Ishii would later leave Sega to work with Namco on the first Tekken, and later work with Square to launch Tobol or Tobol, 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 Tobol. Uh, series of fighting games. So, have you played the first Tekken or Tobol games, and if so, did you know it was created by the original Virtua Fighter designer, and what are your impressions? I feel like uh, you have an answer for this. Uh, well, I had never played the first Tekken game. I actually never played the first Tekken game. I played the second two, and I've noticed that the only difference between Virtua... I mean, there's a lot of differences between the games, but one of the main differences is that like Tekken literally cut the jumping out. Like, you don't need to jump. I've ne- like, Virtual Fighter, when you play, there's, like, this huge jump, and then it's, like, kind of floaty. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tekken probably, th- like, Namco saw what they did, and they're like, yeah, this doesn't feel right, and they just cut jumping out of Tekken. Like, So when you play Tekken, have you ever seen, like, pro fights? Very little yeah. jumping. In 7, they added jumping because they added Akuma and other characters. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so I think he learned from Virtual Fighter when he left and worked on Namco. Tobol... Man, I, when I was a kid, I really wanted this game on the PlayStation, but I never got it because I, I couldn't afford it. But this game was actually designed, the character designs are by Akira Toriyama, who did Dragon Ball Z. And I was such a Dragon Ball Z fan that I wanted mm. the game just because of that. But I, uh, I played it later on, like in the early 2000s, when I got it, and it has really good animation and really wacky character designs. Yeah. So if you, this is actually a really cool game. If you never heard of Tobol, pick up the the first two games. It's they're fun to play, uh, and the animation's really really amazing in these games. Like it's a lot better than Tekken and Virtual Fighter, at least in my opinion, because it's like very smooth. Yeah. And but the graphics are still like very Virtual Fighter one, where they're like blocky. Yeah, it's strange. Know. I'm looking at screenshots of it, and it's basically if you're playing Virtua or um, Dragon Ball Fighter Z right now, and you're a, a Virtua Fighter fan, it's kind of like a mashup. It's weird. It's a very <laughs> weird game. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, but as far as me, I n- never really played Tekken when I was, you know, when it was out and about. I did play it later. No, I played it at an arcade. I, I take that back. I did play Tekken. Two at one? an arcade. I don't I, think. I, I feel like the first one was like skipped by everybody, and they didn't really start picking up until like two and three. Yeah, I mean, I can't really be, you know, like Street Fighter, the original one. Not many people play, but Street Fighter yeah. Two, everyone plays. So I feel like it's kind of similar with Tekken. Um, I I recall Tekken feeling very heavy, and I, now that you mentioned that jumping not being as uh, necessary, that makes sense. I also felt that Tekken, it, it felt like a very Sony PlayStation kind of game, where it, it was like like dark, and there was a lot of like electricity, and it was a little over the top with the character designs. I just remember the guy with like the tiger head. Um, yeah, uh, King. Yeah, and I just thought that was really bizarre. 
Um, one thing that I'm happy that uh, Sega never did with the Virtual Fighter that they did with Street Fighter that these people did with Street Fighter and Tekken is like they always add this weird demon stuff. Like I'm like playing the game and I'm like, wait, what? This guy's a demon? What? Yeah. It's like evil Ryu. He's he's Ryu but evil, and it's the same thing with Tekken. They have characters that become they have like devil genes. I just don't understand that. It's like a yeah. trope. Yeah, I mean, we haven't talked about Dural much, um, if at all, here. But, you know, Dural, it's... I mean, Virtua Fighter, like I've been saying, it's a very down-to-earth down to sort of pure game, but there, there isn't, like, magic, there isn't um, superpowers, but there is some weird stuff with Dural. And I kind of just picture Dural as, like, the purest fighter that you're fighting, because it was stripped of all... Um, character design it was just the silver being that didn't it 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 mime mimicked um other fighters styles yeah that's what she did it was the idea was that they invite all these people to a tournament that's just the basic idea and then like the corporation and syndicate use their moves to make her and she's actually kagimaro's mother right because kage is like um He's looking for his mother, and he joins the tournament because they think he thinks he could find her there. And then it's the robot, and it's kind of, I guess, like a little tragic story for him. Oh, man, that's sad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I'm really glad that Virtua Fighter never went that route. And, yeah, I, I, the, the whole demon thing, and I, I've probably played more Project Cross Zone than Tekken. And so I've gotten a, a taste of the storylines from those games. It's, it's weird. ridiculous. There's yeah. like clones of guys, or like old versions of guys, right? It's weird. It's like it's like a family thing where it's like um, Hitachi or whatever. One of them is like the grandfather killed the guy's mom, and then yeah. dropped his kid off a cliff because he had the devil gene. And then he comes back and he's like kills his dad, but then you find out the mom never died. It's like all this complicated plot that he shouldn't even be there. Yeah. And is that is it heavy in the game? Like, is it apparent? It's yeah. They make a big deal out of the story mode. Like Tekken Seven had a huge story mode, and I was playing it, and it's like ridiculous. It's like the, so over the top. This guy Hitachi is like 80 years old, and he goes into this like military building, and they shoot rocket launchers like missiles at him, and he just punches them, and like they just like deflect and hit the walls, and I'm like, uh, all right, this is weird. This is like very strange. It's like Yakuza, like over the top like Yakuza but like they try to take it I don't know if they take it seriously but so you have to play this story I mean <laughs> if you don't like stories in fighting games it's going to be a little over the top for you especially compared stories. to Virtual Fighter yeah I don't, mind yeah. I don't mind stories but I'm, I'm just kind of sick of the whole like demon gene and uh, yeah <laughs> let's wash our mouths out with uh, the next uh, tidbit here so, Virtua Fighter was also one of the first 3D games that tried to model actual people as, a, um, as opposed to cars, you know, or um, uh, objects, which was a lot easier to do. The game ran on the Sega Model 1, and it was one of the five games to be made on that arcade board since Sega AM AM2 released the Model 2 right after Virtua Fighter came out. And so Model 1, the arcade board, it didn't support textures on polygons, which is why Virtua Fighter had those iconic solid-filled polygons. And here's a quote from Yu Suzuki, and I'll do my Yu Suzuki voice, which is exactly like my speaking voice. 3D graphics in games were very primitive. You could only make models from triangles, which didn't have even have textures. There wasn't the opportunity to make graphics that were really beautiful, 
and because of that, I decided to spend all of my efforts to make character movesets correct and realistic. Yes, Street Fighter had nice sprites, but we had the advantage of very smooth movements. Eh, I agree. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Virtual Fighter low-resolution polygons seem to be well-liked now. Do you think they aged well and are charming? Uh, I would say yes. I mean, we have... I always like to look at the art. I mean, I think some of the figures they make, they kind of, like, take some artistic, uh, I guess, artistic uh, liability. I mean, like, it's freedom. Like, the, those dolls or whatever, those little figures we have that you said you were talking about before, they look like they're made out of wood. Mm -hmm. uh, they're not exactly like the video game one, but it's such a nice art style that, yeah, I think it's aged and it has its own charm. Especially now if you see all these indie developers trying to recreate the same look. Yeah. I would say that, yes, it has charm and it has lasting appeal. I mm -hmm. think that other games that kind of had this, like, low-resolution charm is, like, uh, Star Fox maybe but I yeah. think it was so uh, lower too low to the point where it's like barely like a uh, virtual racing was okay too but like the people on there look ridiculous those guys putting <laughs> the tires so I would say this is probably the best low polygon solid filled game of all time I mean graphically I mean for yeah. this time I mean, period not to trash Star Fox but when I was you know hearing friends talk about it they're like oh it's so cool look at it and I was like it's bunch of fucking triangles like, yeah <laughs> i did not I, I did not see the appeal of it until i played it and i understand it's a very fun game but design wise like <laughs> very basic yeah and it's it's funny because it also runs at a really low resolution but uh i first saw star i mean i'm not it's not about star fox we'll talk about star fox later it's one of the games released in the same year that this came out so mm. so i don't want to talk too much about star fox but uh yeah what do you think about the polygon uh and does it have charm you think yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you think about it, 2D graphics, um, you know, I would say the 8-bit style is kind of the go-to for uh, retro aesthetic. And then the probably um, 16 and 32-bit are kind of like the the ultimate, like the, the modern, before you move into actual, um, you know, images or drawings, if that makes sense. Like, when you move beyond yeah. pixel graphics. So, with 3D video game graphics it's such a it's i mean such a new thing like when we started when segabit started it was like 2010 and you know 3d video games were basically what like 18 years old like they weren't that old um yeah but well, they're now, pretty old but not that old yeah but now i think we're finally getting to that point where the the aesthetics and graphics of virtua fighter are now being seen um, like those 8-bit games. So people are like, not looking at it now going, oh man, remember how crappy Nintendo 64 and Saturn looked? Which is what people were saying um, in in the late 90s and even, you know, 2000s. Now we're, yeah. we're looking back fondly on those and going, oh man, don't those look great? Whereas I think people still have yet to get over um, probably like the late 90s stuff because it started to move away from those simple simplicity simplistic uh, designs and started to try to be really good but it didn't look that great now i it's it's hard to describe but um i guess yes <laughs> i think they yes, aged well yeah. um but i i i guess what i'm trying to say is they're kind of like the equivalent of 8-bit graphics for 3d 
Yeah, yeah. I would say so. <laughs> it was like uh, 16-bit, and I think I like. I mean, a lot of people want to like say that uh, say, like Sega Saturn, right? Yeah. And the PlayStation had their own like weirdness to them. Like uh, PlayStation is really known for its like wonky uh, textures. Like you'll see textures, and all of a sudden they'll be like all bent. There's no straight lines in it. They couldn't do straight lines. Yeah. And I think that this graphic is like the arcade version of Virtual Fighter is very sharp. And I think it looks really nice compared to what they were doing on the Sega Saturn and what they were doing on um, the PlayStation 1. Yeah. And I think that's why this is aged better because they knew they if they did more work on it, it would be uglier. Like, yeah. 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 I mean, I, I guess what I was trying to get at is that 3D graphics or 3D games, I think, unlike... Unlike 2D games where it got progressively better, I think with 3D, it started out very good because it was simple so you could understand what was going on, and then it kind of dipped when they started to try to do too much. Like, there are some great PlayStation games that I just can't play now, like Tenchu or Tenchu 2, because at the time I was like, oh, I see what they're going for, and it's a bit of a struggle to play this, but it's it's pretty cool and now when i play it i'm like man it's there's pop up and there's i can't understand what's going on on the screen like if yeah. only it was either more simple or a modern game i just it, there's that middle period of like 1997 where 3d games were just they were the, trying to do too much yeah yeah and this is why i think this is why this aged because it was minimalistic and i think a yeah. lot of people are into minimalistic now so and yeah. i think virtua fighter 3 I think is probably less liked because it tried to do too much. There were you'd go out of the arena and it would continue onto like a roof or a street or something, and you know that's cool and all, but it didn't need that, I don't think. And then there was also that it was the first game to actually have levels. Like the level was like you you could fight downstairs. Like yeah, it, it wasn't just a flat surface. And then they took that back from four and five. Like they never brought that back. It just, it was proof that it was a, a bad idea. And I just think the graphics, too, were not, I don't know, not as great as um, they could have been. One and two? Yeah, think? yeah. You want to, oh, well, let's talk about the ports. Yeah, for sure. So Virtua Fighter had quite a, a lot of ports for the first game. Actually, two, and I, I it, wrote this, but I wrote this, but actually two ports, sorry, not quite a bit. Quite a bit. Two. Well, it's two because, is more than one. It's because I thought that the Sega Genesis was based on Virtual Fighter 1, then I looked and it was actually based on Virtual Fighter 2, and I was like, oh damn, I thought ah. that was it. And then I was well, going to talk about the, the little handheld one, the, the, the Tiger one, but that one's also 2, so it's like... No, 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 I'm going to redeem you, so you know, like, it, it didn't say 2 <laughs> on the package, so yeah, it's it's a port of Virtual Fighter, right, for the Tiger game, and then there's Remix, and there's the original Saturn one, and there's the okay. 32X one, so there's, there's quite a bit, I would say. You were right. Uh, Right. <laughs> um, but it seemed like Sega had trouble making a good port, and this was kind of a, a theme throughout the early Saturn era, really. I mean, you look at House of the Dead, you look at, um, what's another one that was, oh, Daytona. Um, yeah. <laughs> so Sega, Sega rushed a port for the game to launch with the Sega Saturn back in 94, which resulted in a lot of angry customers and fans. So Sega I, gave... I, I forgot to take this out. Dump, hmm. dump. I heard, I remember reading that they, they sent people free copies of Virtual Fighter Remix. Mm. That might be only in America, and it was a mail-in order, I think. But I, I didn't double-check it, so I just want to say that. It was in a paper sleeve, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. You had to, like, I have mail the paper it in. sleeve. 
Of course you would. Of course, of course. you would, dude. Yes, yes. Um, but it the the Virtual Fighter remix it featured higher polygon models and gameplay changes, and it was developed by Sega AM One. So, yeah. huh. <laughs> so, what are your thoughts on Virtua Fighter and Virtua Fighter Remix ports on the Sega Saturn, and which one do you prefer? Uh, I personally, I don't prefer either one. I, I mean, they're not perfect games. Yeah. I played the Sega Saturn one, and it was really bad that you, you couldn't run the first one. I I really wish they would just make the first one right. The f- f- Virtua Fighter Remix isn't that bad though. Uh, I think a lot of people are saying, "Oh, they changed it. It's not the vision of Yuzuki," but it's like, it's pretty close. I would say. All things considered, right? Yeah. Gra- what do you think about the graphic changes, though? For Remix, I, I I don't prefer either one of those. I'm kind of with you. I I don't own the original Virtua Fighter for Saturn. I've always wanted to, but it's one of those games where I'm like, I have the 32X1 in Remix, so why would I want a lesser version, unless I'm just a completionist? Um, Virtua Fighter Remix I thought was a little better, but I didn't really like the changes. Like, if I want to play Virtua Fighter... Let me play the original Virtua Fighter. Don't remix it, you know? It's so. Yeah. It happens so quickly, too. It's like, oh man, we do the remix. And you're like, but I. <laughs> I want the, the game. <laughs> you messed uh, up I, the first one. I didn't put this on here, but like, I heard the attach ratio in Japan for Virtua Fighter and the, and the Saturn was like ridiculous, even though it was a terrible port. Yeah. So I think that's what led to them going, all right, we need to make this better. And they did remix. Huh. And I guess it, it would have sold some Saturns in Japan, too, right? Yeah, yeah, but it didn't. So, um, but uh, I, I, let's talk about this one though. Virtua Fighter also had a 32x port in 1995, and this was a year after the port to the Sega Saturn. So the 32x port was actually ported over by the same team that delivered the Sega Genesis port of Virtua Racing, which was an impressive port considering it ran on a, a Model One game on a 16-bit hardware. So, what are our impressions on Virtua Fighter for the 32X, and how does it stack up um, and compare to the other 32X titles? It's like 40 of them, so it's yeah, like not that many to stack up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was a. It, the thing with the 32X, it's not arcade perfect. So a lot of people say like, "Oh, if it's not arcade perfect, then it's trash." It's the best version of Virtua Fighter One at that you could play at your house that isn't emulated from the arcade. Mm-hmm. So if you want to play, I guess, a, the most pure version, this is probably it, but it's not... The graphics are a downgrade, so you got to know that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and, I mean... Uh, outside, outside of that, I mean, it's a good port if you had a 32X. 32X, sadly, was not as supported as it should have been, but, I mean, it was that was a weird time with Sega, right? They were launching the Sega Saturn. They mm-hmm. had a 32X add-on they could do 32-bit games but they had another 32-bit console so yeah. they had to like stretch their their development teams there and it was and then they had arcade <laughs> so yeah. it's, it was it's, it was a weird time for sega at this time. i do i do believe that um i i remember looking into this that 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 era sega was supporting every single console including the master system um in different game in gear. some region so you were getting you could you could buy a game for any sega console up to the saturn in that era they were releasing new games and i mean i'm looking at the sega visions issue uh, 24 i think and they're when you look inside they have sections for saturn 32x cd genesis and game gear 
Uh, so, I mean, talk about spreading yourselves thin. Um, and you did but, say there there were 40 32x games. And yeah. how many do you have of those? I just look now. I have 22 of them. And I'm not like a completionist. I just buy them as I see them if I find them interesting. I've passed up on a few just because I'm like, do I really want like a baseball game for the 32x? But, I have like 18, so about the same, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I have a few crappy ones, so I'm sure I I could whittle it down to 18 if I didn't want to own some of these. But um, as far as how it stacks up to other titles, I'd say it's one of the better games. The 32X to me really excels if you are treating it as a... Um, extension? An extension, and also basically having a Model 1 in your house. You know, it's like the closest thing to having a Model 1... Um, playing games on a cartridge. And there's a novelty to that, like the fact that it's not spinning a CD, like you're playing Virtua Fighter on a cartridge. That's pretty cool. Um, load times are very good, obviously. And so, you know, if you have Afterburner, um, Virtua Fighter, uh, and Space Harrier. Um, Space Harrier and Star Wars Arcade, you've got a very good collection there. And, and Virtua Racing of, um, you know, early Sega arcade titles. And then you can kind of branch out. This isn't a 32X episode, but, you know, you can get Zaxxon's Mother Base. You can get Tempo. You can get, um, I'm trying to think, Shadow Squadron. Uh, there's Calibri, Chaotix. So, you know, there's a lot of good games. I wouldn't say Virtua Fighter is the best one on there because it is downgraded a little bit. But it's definitely a must-own just because it's such a great port and it's it's my preferred way to play the game at home. So. And I think this is probably one of the games that kind of showed the power of the 32X because a lot of the other games like were 2D, like, oh, Space Harrier. Yes, it ran great, mm -hmm. but it was still a 2D game from the 80s. But it was the best version at home yeah. of that game. So I would say the 32X, I don't know. Like, I would want to see more 3D games on it, but obviously it never happened. But it was, this is a pretty cool uh, port, and I would say, yeah, it's a top 10 game, I would say, on the 32X for sure. Yeah, I mean, they were really pushing it at the time. Looking at the Sega Visions feature on it, they really pushed the fact that, you know, you're playing a, a smash hit on your 32X, and they're talking all about, you know, um, 700 plus moves of its arcade smash precursor, you know, along with all the stages and voice effects. I, I really loved uh, the Sega Vision because it, it was really Sega Vision was just a magazine where they showed they like sent to you Sega propaganda directly to your house directly from Sega. So it's like they say the most bizarre stuff. They're like 700 moves, 700 plus moves. It's like whoa, 700 moves? You could do se like can you really do 700 moves in that game? Are most people gonna memorize <laughs> 700 moves? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then they also you know they they really. So they say, like, the game packs four cameras, original, high, bird's eye, and sky cam. New views, change your display from normal to squeeze, and make the fighters taller, thinner, or closer together. Smaller and larger rings, yeah, baby. Fight in rings <laughs> of five sizes, from four meters in diameter all the way up to 24. <laughs> I gotta read this part. Do you get the great music? Damned right. You'll enjoy your favorite arcade tunes fully resequenced re for the Genesis 32X. New modes? Yes, sir or ma'am. Pick one. In addition to wow. arcade versus and ranking, try a tournament mode that lets you and the schmuck of your choice take it up in line with a complete pool of fighters. Like Somebody Jesus. with a mullet wrote that. I know. Oh, I man. like the fact that it was so progressive. It... it <laughs> But, um, sir or ma'am, pick one. 
you got to pick one. Uh oh, we don't want to get in trouble with this one. I was gonna say, uh, l- let me read out. Okay, we do this part of the podcast where we kind of go through what what culture was happening during the release of said game we talk about. This game came out in 1993, so I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna mention the games that came out in 1993 to see how it stacks up compared, in, you know, tech. Mm-hmm. So these are the games that came out. I put some fighting games and I put uh, some early 3D games. Mortal Kombat 2, Samurai Showdown, Doom, Star Fox, Daytona USA, which got a limited release in 93 but came out in 94. Mega Man X and Ridge Racer came out this year. It's Ridge uh, Racer. Ridge, yeah, Ridge Racer. Racer. So yeah, people were still... <laughs> Even AM2 was still doing uh, car, ga- car games. Like Daytona USA did change from 93 to 94. Mm. Uh, what The approach of it. But that was the first game to have the featured polygon, right? And then Rich yeah. Racer. I never played Rich Racer 1, but it was like... Oh, I-, I played a little bit of it, but it's like one track and one car. So it's very basic. Uh, <laughs> and Star Fox came out in consoles, which kind of, I guess, impressed a lot of people. But, I mean, compared to Virtual Fighter, it's, like, totally, like, different era of 3D. Like, Virtual Fighter was so good at 3D that it kind of makes uh, Star Fox look really primitive. Especially yeah. with the low f- frame rates it had. Mm-hmm. And uh, Samurai, so Samurai Showdown came out. There's, there was still in Mortal Kombat 2. Those were still sprite fighting games. And yeah. it's kind of funny because, like, Mortal Kombat wanted to be realistic by taking the photographs of people. But yeah, I don't know. What is your opinion on these games, and how does Virtual Fighter stack up to these? Um, well, I would say that um, you know, Virtual Fighter definitely puts most of these games to shame. Um, as mentioned, it, it they were doing 3D animations of characters, which is far more impressive than cars. So I think Ridge Racer and even Daytona USA are kind of put at a disadvantage here. Um, Star Fox, great gameplay choppy graphics and you know like i was saying like the ship design i never found the star fox ship to be appealing like i don't know why you'd want to own a model of that it's just kind of um yeah. and then you know they really these 2d games that we're looking at they're kind of the end of an era really at least um i don't know i think there there were a lot of great 2d games beyond 1993 obviously but um it was you know, Virtua Fighter was kind of a sign of things to come. And so as yeah. 94, 95 came, went on, um, you didn't get as many great 2D games, I would say. I mean, even to the point where Sega themselves had a great 2D powerhouse machine in the Sega Saturn, but they did not want to push it as a 2D machine. Um, Which I think was kind of a mistake, personally. Yeah. But I think maybe at the time... People were wanting to jump on 3D, especially with Mario 64 and all these other games like Metal Gear Solid really pushing polygons. Like, I remember people telling me, oh, you got you got to play Final Fantasy VII. It's one of the most cinematic games I've ever made. And I was like, all right, played it. And I was like, what is this? This is not cinematic. This is not even fully 3D. It really made <laughs> me angry because, like, I could tell that, that only parts of the game were 3D. Yeah. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a terrible game, but... It was pretty overhyped. What at the Final time. Fantasy VII is not a terrible game. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's a lot more terrible games out there, especially <laughs> during the JRPG era. Personally, I'm not that big of a fan, but there is a big fan base, and I don't want to insult anybody. I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be a nice guy here. Come on, um, George. Cloud Strife is awesome. <laughs> I was gonna say, what do you think about 
this is one thing that always kind of makes kind of irritates me where like people talk about doom being like the future or being revolutionary that it made 3d gaming i mean it did 3d but it was still 2d so it's kind of like a pseudo 3d like they mm-hmm. did what they were they kind of perfected what am2 did with sprite scaling but like they made it in the first person shooter but i'm like am2 was already doing that in the 80s and then virtual fighter came out the same year as the first doom yeah, and that's actual 3D polygons, and it's like I feel like the game media in the U.S. kind of forgets how AM2 innovative uh, a lot of things, and just go, "Oh, I played Doom as a kid, so Doom is the most innovative game in the ni- in 1993." But is it? Eh, I mean, yeah, I hear you. I mean, I think it was a good marriage of two different styles, but mm, not the most innovative of the year. No. I guess if you're just talking FPS games, yeah, I would say I would give it that because. It's kind of technically the first popular FPS game. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I, as far as technology, I, I think Virtual Fighter did some crazy stuff with the animation. For sure. Uh, let's talk about the top movies in 93. Yeah. You might have seen a couple of these. Jurassic Park, Miss Doubtfire. These are the top movies, by the way. The Fugitive, Schindler's List, and The Firm. I've never watched The Firm. I don't know what it is, but the other four, I've seen them. And they're all classics, especially Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> um, that's one of the best movies ever. But, I mean, what do you think about these movies? And what do you think about how there's no more movies where a comedic actor dresses like a woman? <laughs> well, um, in terms of these movies, I've seen all but The Firm. I know it, it, it's a legal drama, and it was based on a really popular book, from my knowledge. Um, but, yeah, uh, Schindler's List, you know, funny movie, but... Um, no, it's a fucking uh, movie. <laughs> uh, the Fugitive was. I love The Fugitive. I want to see that again. I haven't seen it in a long time. It's um, crazy that that movie is one of those movies that's like spoofed so much. Like I think there was a Simpsons spoof, and I, I remember like that waterfall scene when the guy jumps. Yeah. Uh, it, that, it's like the biggest spoof scene of all time, I think. And I think a lot of new kids like, like watch just random cartoons like Family Guy that like spoofs random stuff from the '80s and early '90s. Are not even gonna understand what it is. They just laugh, I guess. Well, did you oh, know cool. the Fugitives based on a 1960s TV series? I didn't know that. Yeah, wow. and it's the ongoing story is basically that, where it's like uh, there's a train crash and there's a one-armed man, and so it's. I mean, it, it was a TV series. It ran. I don't know how long it ran, but it four seasons. Like, I mean, have you seen it? I I saw it uh, like last week actually. It was on MeTV. And how is the acting? It's not bad, it, but it was just, it's kind of weird to hear them talking about, like, the one-armed man and all that. Like, you're like, oh yeah, yeah. I forgot, they based a movie, like, the movie's based on this. Um, I, you know, looking at this list, though, obviously it's it's hard to make any ties to Virtua Fighter, unless um, Mrs. Doubtfire oh. with the cross-dressing, didn't Jackie cross-dress as uh, Sarah or something Sarah like Bryan. that? Sarah Bryan, yeah, that's yeah. part of the plot. He gets amnesia, and he's like, oh no, I'm actually a woman. Um... <laughs> But I, no, I but will say Jurassic Park. Jurassic yeah. Park was the first game, I mean, movie to like kind of popularize CGI. Exactly. In film. Yeah, yeah. I was hoping you would go there. In fact, you know, Jurassic Park. There, there was several CG films before Jurassic Park, but Jurassic Park was the first one I think to really seamlessly put CG creatures into a film. And maybe, maybe Terminator Two, but but mm. I think they're the kind of the same coin kind of a thing, like. Yeah, they were like ter- really close to each other. 
Terminator 2, though, and even, what's the movie, The Abyss, like, they would have to do water effects or, um, uh, like, silvery kind of dural, <laughs> almost yeah. kind of things. But I, the interesting thing is... Maybe that's where they got it. The interesting thing is with Jurassic Park is that it was really a marriage of old school techniques and um, new technology because if if you recall, Jurassic Park was originally going to have stop motion characters and they even went so far as to try out some scenes and train a whole group of people to know dinosaur movements inside and out and um, animate, uh, hand animate these stop motion creatures and then they were like, no, we're going to do CG. And what they did, and which I wish they would do more often, I don't think they do this anymore, is they built these armatures, these physical, um, like, skeletons, little tabletop ones of dinosaurs, and then the, the, the um, stop-motion animators would actually move them, and instead of taking a picture of a model, they would push a button and it would record that, um, that pose. And so Jurassic Park, despite being CG, it was animated by hand. I didn't know that. Yeah, and, and how do and, you how do you know how dinosaurs move though? Like, do they go to like? Well, dinosaur I mean, obviously, college? obviously we don't, but they would look at reference footage of like um, chickens running, and birds running, things like that. Um, I think they got a lot wrong. Like, obviously, I think some of the creatures like can't actually move that fast or can't do certain things. Um, but to me, this is how dinosaurs are actually were back then like to me this is this is 100% real <laughs> sorry <laughs> but to bring it but I guess to bring it back to Virtua Fighter it was like you were saying you know it was the first to really make it you know known that this is the future of film and this is what you're going to be seeing moving forward before that people just thought it was a tool you use sometimes but there it was like oh this can carry a movie just like with Virtua Fighter a you know, 3D graphics can carry a um, animated character in a game, and so it was really 1993. Really, was a turning point for 3D graphics, both in video games and in film. And you know, you you look at 19, Jurassic Park 2 in in 93, 94. You were seeing Jurassic Park games all over the place, so it's Sega <laughs> even had some. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. There was Lost World on the Saturn, actually. Um, and yeah. that game, I can't. I'm, I'm not going to get into it, but I, I think there is some pretty well-known um, uh, developers and uh, composers behind that too. I'm trying to remember who composed it, but they did a Model Three game, I think, too, right? Sega, the one you ride in a jeep and then you shoot dinosaurs. Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah, and so you know, there. It's kind of funny that Sega would end up actually running a Jurassic Park game on their hardware. So there's, yeah. there you go. It's like um, two very influential 3D uh, technologies actually crossing over where they're basically using Virtua Fighter tech to animate Jurassic Park. Thank That's you, crazy. Mighty, thank you, Mighty Yuzuzuki. That's, all the, for... <laughs> <laughs> That's really crazy, actually. <laughs> Wow. And that's well, a good that. way to close up the episode. You want anything to say anything to the people before we close it up? Well, if you enjoyed this, uh, let us know by subscribing, giving us positive reviews on iTunes and on uh, YouTube. And I, I always appreciate comments, even if they're um, negative. Negative. But, but make them constructive. Don't just be like, Barry's a girl. George is fucking stupid. I George, get it. George said a word wrong. Exactly. Well, I'm alright with that. 
And let but, us know what other game you guys want to see us cover on the future episode of Sega Talk. And thank you guys for listening. We appreciate it. Good night. Bye. Okay.